Hello everyone, welcome back to the Free Four Free Football Podcast. I'm joined today with Dowd. Hiya. And myself, Ali. The next few weeks, the duo of Kadama and Jaffa won't be here. They're taking a two-week break. So, let's get into the fixtures. Man United, Leeds, um, the the Charlton Derby. Yeah. H- how did it go? Well, um, some people would call it the M62 Derby, won't they? Uh, if you if you've uh, they could also call it the Alan Smith Derby. Well, yeah, ex- that as well. Uh, we won six two. Um, if uh, if anybody knew or has been following Twitter and all the Man United fans are piping up about how potentially we could be uh, title contenders, even though we've not looked like title contenders, we we do have a game in hand. But um, if we win the win the game in hand, I think we're only what three points off top or two points off the top a couple of points with a game in hand over at the moment we're um five points off the top so uh, you know the new year fixtures haven't been played yet and i think it's just a bit too early to to say anything at the moment um but if the new year's fixtures are to go anything to go by liverpool if they stay top the odds are in their favor to win the premier league again this year it's it looks like it's liverpool to lose but let's just talk about the actual game Scott McSauce, <laughs> how did he turn into Paul Scholes in Roy Keane in Merged that moment? Into one. It's it's crazy. Oh, he looked like he was uh, proper driven, wasn't he? And the f- the first goal was so sweetly hit right into the corner. I don't think either him himself or the keeper was expecting uh, that type of finish. And then literally, what within a minute later on, um, he he scores again for his second. Uh, I mean, he could have had a hat trick if uh, Fernandez let him take that penalty, but I think um, I don't think you could take the ball off Fernandez. You can't take that risk, can you? Let's be honest. Fernandez is clinical what? at the sixty yards. <laughs> sixty yard. Yeah, I mean, he is clinical. He's only missed once, but I mean, to be fair, I think we were what five nil up at that time. Um, yeah. Well, sorry, no, we were. Uh, yeah, we were five nil up at that time. Seventy minute pen. He could have definitely gave him that hat trick. I don't know if it was me, I, I would have probably given him a hat trick. But nowadays, um, a lot of the players are just taking, uh, are spreading the goals and assists around, aren't they? Um, if you can spread assists around, well, hopefully. So yeah, um, it was a, it was a, it was a weird one because we were definitely dominant and we were winning, um, you know, three nil at a point at after twenty minutes, and we thought, and I thought. Oh, it's it's still Leeds, you know. It's it's weird because he, I don't know if it's it's Leeds United, isn't it? It's Leeds United, and I don't know if it's um, Man United and our troublesome defense worries and how Oli's playing tactically. Um, even then, I was a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, four nil with um, Lindelof heading it in. I was uh, I was I was feeling more more uh, conscious that we, this is a uh, three points in the bag, and then uh, Liam Cooper, lush header. Um, at the forty one minute before the half time uh, whistle, and I was thinking, oh, no. yeah, we talked about this um, between ourselves on text, and I was like, can Leeds make a comeback? Can this be uh, Istanbul at Old Trafford though? Yeah, but then yeah, it was unlikely. And Daniel James scored uh, a goal. He, you know, I was very impressed with Daniel James this match. He um, and I don't know if if I was impressed with. What he's supposed to do is run at defenders, try and get past them, try and mm-hmm. make more space, trying to be an outlet for counter attacking. Um, but yeah, I, I partly think it was Oli getting his tactics right. Oli was actually realizing that Leeds are a very attacking force, and they leave open pockets a lot for them for it to be exploit uh, exploited. And Leeds don't, don't necessarily have the quickest of uh, centre backs. I know Luke Ayling was um, playing as a centre-back for them today. Um, so, he, he's pretty quick, mm-hmm. to be fair. So, yeah, I, th- I think partly um, it's uh, it's Oli getting the tactics right. Leeds being stubborn and sticking with their ta- attacking approach, and they didn't yeah. stop. And they got two goals, to be fair to them. Uh, on a different day, it could have been a different sort of story. It could have been 10-5, basically, yeah. let's be honest. Well, I, I don't know. If we if we scuffed half our chances, I mean, we had loads of chances. Same with Leeds. Same. Yeah. Leeds had loads of chances Leeds as well. Leeds hit the post, yeah. yeah. Um, it was a bit of a weird one because I think both teams uh, came away and we went to um, 
I think I think I think uh, Bielsa would have been obviously a bit pissed off about man, losing six. Man, you shouting at some players, man. I didn't know who you shouting at, though. But like they, I felt like they they tried to play just um, to the T. Their attacking movement, the defensive uh, movement. Obviously, he's you know he, he's very big on man marking and not zonal marking, and you you could tell a few times that they were um, the man the people who were. Letting go of the United players were at fault for some of the attacking, um, attacking parts of the game for United. So yeah, it was a, uh, it was it, it should have been a comfortable win anyways. We're talking about <laughs> Manchester United. Um, I would have loved for the fans to be there. Yeah, I the think I think the atmosphere would have been electric. Electric, you know, it'd be like a rock coming to WrestleMania or something. Watching Manchester United in Leeds, the, oh, the history yeah. behind both teams is the Battle of the Roses and. The intensity this derby actually brings. Exactly. Um, I wanted to ask a couple of questions regarding this. So, um, obviously you're a Manchester United fan. I'm a Liverpool fan. I want to know who are Manchester United's biggest rivals. Like this is this is since football started. Is it Leeds United because of the Battle of the Roses going on? Is it Man City because they're the so-called noisy neighbours? Or is it Li- Liverpool FC because of the duty industrial revolution? What happened between Manchester and Liverpool and now both teams are two of the most successful teams in England. It's hard to say because um, I'm going to be a bit biased with um, how I, I perceive the derbies. As I was growing up, um, I only had whispers of the Man United and Leeds um, uh, derbies because Leeds weren't, you know, at that time they were dumped out of the Premier League. Um, and I know, we uh, you know, the, the surrounding... Uh, the media speculation surrounding Rio Ferdinand coming, and then he did come to United, and it was um, him leaving for a rival club. Same and thing happened with Alan Smith. Yeah, yeah, and um, so I, I heard all about that, but I never saw it. And in my lifetime, I saw more of the Liverpool and Man United um, rivalry. I saw more of the um Arsenal uh one with Wenger and Ferg, uh, Fergie on Yeah, that's, the, on that's the pitch a classic. Side. That's um, amazing. Yeah. And then I even saw the I even saw uh the Man City um Man United one as Man well. Man United one, yeah, and it's uh it's a bit of a weird one because when Ferguson wanted to retire and obviously that famous Man City Premier League win on the on the last 6-1 6-1 on no, well, the famous Premier League win the um, QPR moment you think you're saying yeah yeah, yeah the QPR three Aguero yeah that one um so I would I don't know it's it's a hard one I, I would say I would say Liverpool to be honest with you um because the early mm-hmm. noughties yeah not just that um if you went through the sixties seventies and some parts of the eighties Liverpool were dominant and in the late eighties to well, I'd say 2012, Manchester United dominated that. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, I do get where you're coming from. I I see it. If if you're in England, you're going to see Manchester United and Leeds as the the bigger so-called derby because obviously the history behind it, you know, it's Lancashire versus Yorkshire. Man, this has been put on Game of Thrones. You know, it's, it's Stark versus Lannister, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um so yeah, uh, I would say I would say Liverpool for me personally. Mm-hmm. I would say even I had a bit of um, I didn't like I didn't like Arsenal a lot because of how Wenger was. And yeah, I can imagine Wenger and Fergie beef I mean, going on. I think nearly all the clubs apart bar from Man United say we get a lot of favoritism with Fergie time and everything. <laughs> but yeah. Um, okay, um, I want to ask one more question uh, before we do move on to the next team. Liverpool doing seven in heaven again. Um, I want to know before we discuss that, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, um, was this a tactical genius of him doing this? Is, was this was this what he planned, or was this just fluke? Because it looked like a negative team. There was no Paul Pogba in the team. There was no Van der Beek in the team at the time. You know, they were both on the bench. I think I texted you this, didn't I? I think it was a bit of a, disres- a disrespectful lineup yeah. because it definitely wasn't the strongest lineup against Leeds. Mm-hmm. And it felt like um, we were trying to get more match fitness, uh, more game time for certain individuals in the team. Obviously, we've got our, our you know, superstar at the moment, Bruno Fernandes, who literally plays every game. You mean and Bruno Fernandes, yeah? 
well, <laughs> he scored. He scored. He scored. He's been scoring goals other than pens. And he, if anything, okay, like, what, just give him the assist. His assists are class. <laughs> and he's the only, honestly, and I, I feel like even in the 90th minute, this guy is trying his hardest to get a ball, uh, to get another goal, or to assist, or to you know just to even put pressure on the on the opposition. At the, um, just. Uh, as the game was about to finish, he was making an absolute full pelt run, and Daniel James was bringing it. Um, um, took the ball and started uh, taking it to the corner to get away some time, and that, in part of me feels like, well, oh, Bruno Fernandez actually wanted to try and make something out of it, and he's uh, just that type of player, and I, I think he's an absolute bargain for what we've got him for, for what he brings to the team, and then Scott McTominay as well. He's he's playing class, um. So yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go on about it because I. I you know, I could go about it all day. Yeah, uh, I get that. Um, I just wanted your opinion. Was this a tactical masterclass by Oregon Solskjaer or were Leeds just too naive or was it a bit of both? I think it was a bit... Yeah, I think I have to give it to uh, Solskjaer this week. He mm-hmm. he definitely... His his, his, uh, his tactics uh, worked a treat. Um, and I, honestly, I don't even think Leeds... Some of the Leeds players were, were pretty decent. I know, I know Phillips... Dallas's goal was amazing. Though. Dallas's goal was really good. Phillips was um, substituted at half-time... Mm-hmm. Um, he he didn't have that much. He didn't have a great game. To be fair, uh, he just didn't rise to the occasion. But Rafinha was playing class. Rodrigo was even playing really good as well. Uh, Bamford, you know, uh, you know, as much as Bamford he, had opportunities, he could have had a couple of goals. I, I feel like he's every game. He he's trying something. He, he I don't know if he's become a bit of a veteran and he's actually matured. He knows what to do mm-hmm. in the box, and you, you just feel scared. You feel scared what he's going to do. Do you think it's PTSD the time you had in Millsborough? <laughs> <laughs> well, he tried to break nobody cares Chelsea about well, Millsborough let's be honest well yeah <laughs> right nobody cares about them nobody cares about Sunderland it's all about Newcastle and North East right uh, moving on to the next topic Crystal Palace Liverpool FC um, this game has always had crazy moments if it's Liverpool beating Palace 9-0 mm-hmm. or if it's Crystal Palace beating them in an FA Cup tournament or if it's the famous Chris Damble where Luis Suarez is crying. But this game was 7-0. 7 heaven by Liverpool FC. What did you think of it? Well, yeah. Um, and I know, well, if Jaff was here, I know, ever since he said, um, don't talk shit about Roy Hodgson, he hasn't been, he hasn't, his team hasn't been playing. Uh, <laughs> oh, I wish Jaffa was here right now. Know, where man. is he? Talk, talking shit about Roy Hodgson, eh? Um, <laughs> to be honest with you, it wasn't Hodgson's fault. You know, um, Liverpool were just out of this world. They're just on another level. Like, after beating Tottenham, they just wanted to smash a team. Man, in what troops normally say is, Palace got bodied. That's what it was. Yeah, Palace did get bodied. And, um, well, just look at their last six matches. Um, They've only won one, lost three, um, drawn two. And... I mean, to be fair, if you if you want to just scrape for uh, survival in the Premier League, yeah, keep on doing those type of matches. But mm-hmm. uh, with the team that Crystal Palace have got, and like Jeff said, with what Roy Hodgson has got in terms of his track record, that's not good enough for him whatsoever. They just didn't turn up, and oh well, I, I partly feel like uh, Liverpool were just. They were too good. They were just full of confidence. You know, for once, just give they, they give Liverpool Football Club credit and playing amazing. You know, um, you know, Minamino finally got on the goal, on the on the score sheet. Um, I, I'm more, I'm warming up to him now. You know, no, he's he's a quality player. He just needs to find his his place in his that place team. In that team, yeah. It's such a quality team. You know, imagine imagine what Alex Ferguson was doing with that Manchester United team imagine a player coming in like oh crap how am I going to find my place in this team you know you have him you have Firmino, Firmino turning a prime Ronaldo somehow I'm like what the heck is going on here yeah when he plays with confidence it seems like he's honestly nobody can touch him yeah it's, the it's, first goal it's crazy that, that touch and then that little side not of a <laughs> dink but like a side pass in the goal but he knows he knows foot. where it's going it's 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 strange, like yeah. like people say, oh, Roberto Firmino is not a good good player, but he, he's a player which needs conf- confidence. Then you look at Sadio Mane scoring a goal. Klopp, Klopp takes him off, puts Salah on. Mane was fuming, and Salah got a brace as well. So yeah. it was it was good for the whole team, and obviously it was it was great going into this so called Christmas period. 
You know, well, um, yeah. if if Liverpool turn it up right now, because they just did this last season where like they smashed Leicester four 0 and everyone was talking about Leicester challenging for the league. Yeah, yeah. So there's nothing really else well, to say about Leic- Liverpool, is there? Leicester are second this this year again, coming at the Christmas. Yeah, but um, they'll event- like they haven't been playing great at home. Leicester haven't been playing great at home. They've been great playing great away from home, and um, the only time they've actually lost away from home is at Anfield. This is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, whenever I see Leicester, I just feel like they're such a hot and cold um, club. But then you see what they're doing, um, and they've won, they've lost five games and they've won nine, and they're just such a hot and cold club. In my in my personal opinion, they th- this year um, I feel like uh, Rogers is sometimes getting his tactics completely right, absolutely blown away teams. His team's playing absolutely class. And then so certain other matches, I'm just like, what? Like, what? Mm. This is like, uh, uh, w- what's happened here? Is, is he just not got it right? Yeah, right. he's lost two. Two mm-hmm. was it two one against Fulham, and I was just thinking, what the hell? Like, it's it's crazy, isn't it? This br- this brings me to obviously the next team to talk about: our spills bottle jobs. You know, um, they were talking about last week a challenging for the league. Now they they draw against Palace, they lose against Liverpool, and then they lose against Leicester. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, and Mourinho was really better after the match as well. Yeah, he's he, man, that that guy is salty, man. He's salty than a freaking salted pretzel. You know why? Because I feel like when he does lose these types of matches, when he was on a bit of a high from the previous week, it's stupid um, mistakes from his players. Mm-hmm. And Sir um, Serge Aurier, that was a stupid nudge in the back, honestly. And I I felt like he must have been really irked. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Uh, uh, nonetheless, uh, I have to give it to Leicester. They they had a game plan uh, and they executed it perfectly well. Jamie Vardy just brought the party Jamie to to Spurs. Let's be honest, exactly. you know that's what it is. But you know what? Um, I'm gonna give some credit to Sir Jorier. Uh, his brother obviously got shot in June or July. I can't remember what month it is. And obviously, his motivation to still play in a Spurs team and play. Throughout every week and every game, even though Doherty Doherty's on the actual bench, you know it's it's just credit to him. You know someone go, going through that, it's tough. It is tough, but um, I think he was already playing regularly before because that's how Mourinho wanted to play. Mm-hmm. He wanted yeah. him to be a strong attacking um, right back, and I think that that fits his notion of a right back and what he wants as a, from the team he's probably not the person he wants but he has to deal with what he's got yeah of course um it, it's a bit of a weird one because i feel like serge aurier um is is a really good player but he's not a top flight player because he makes those silly mistakes too often yeah he got he, away with him when he was at ps3 yeah well i don't know if he did really because that they sold him because they just thought he wasn't up to the knack oh no that's enough. that's not why he sold him well, he's, well, excuse my language here, he's but... Not, he wasn't he was, being consistent enough. It wasn't that. What he what he did was he took a piss out of Zlatan Ibrahimovic, saying his freaking nose is absolutely massive, right? He went on a rant about Thiago Silva, call him a ladyboy or whatnot. Bloody hell. The, yeah, you could check this up. Sir Jory is a crazy crazy dude for saying these things. I'm like, what the heck? You said this again, like, against the best team in France, the t- your teammates, yeah, and... Yeah, teammates, yeah. And your captain, Thiago Silva, obviously he's not the captain there anymore, but at the time he was. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, where do you think Spurs are going to finish? Obviously, with what's going on, do you think they're going to finish top four? Obviously, they're not going to win the league. It's hard. It's Tottenham. I've, I've said this before, though. I've um, They have a run of really, you know, a, a, a lot of matches under their belt where they've, they've got wins and it's just in uh, succession. And then they'll go on on a losing uh, rut. If Kane or Son get gets injured, what what do, who do they have to get that uh, consistency against those games? And you know what it is? I'm a bit worried for them because they've got a lot of matches coming up. Um, and notoriously for Spurs, this is the time where um, after these matches, they start getting injuries. They start getting those niggles and some, some of the players just obviously can't take the amount of playing time. And not rest up enough time, and then obviously go to Europa League and all that. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, this time last week, 
Spurs were, were first, actually. Obviously, Liverpool were second because of the goal difference. And now, a week later, the fifth. How crazy is that? Yeah. You know... Um, but that just shows you that it's just uh, early and it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's too hard to say anything about the Premier League and where, where everything's going to land. Well, there's one thing we can assure is Arsenal are losing it. You know, um, this is meant... This is meant to be a team which is apparently meant to be charging for the league because they bought Thomas Party. <laughs> you know, where's the party at, Thomas? <laughs> no, but seriously, in all seriousness, like, what the fuck is going on at Arsenal Football Club? Yeah, and you know what it is? We've brought Arsenal up um, in the last two weeks as well. And I think just before before anybody says where the, you know, the next new Arsenal fan TV, whatever, or Arsenal's a talking point or they're not a big enough club or whatever. I just feel like how big Arsenal are and where they are, it's a talking point because it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's like, um, it's like watching someone slowly die and it's like watching Arsenal slowly slip away from being that club that might be so dominant and they're reaching a new stage of their club stature that is mid team, mid table uh, team, um, and I, I, I just that's why I keep bringing it up, and I, and I, th- I definitely think all Arsenal fan, all Arsenal fans should be very worried where Arteta and the board are taking this team, or how the team are even playing, because the team aren't playing mm-hmm. that well, and Arteta's uh, tactics on on going well, and hundred percent. Yeah. 100% January, come January, they're not going to sign the players that they need and who they need. Yeah, um, this is quite embarrassing for myself because I remember the very first episode of our podcast, I did discuss who's the best manager out of the three, Lampard, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Mikel Arteta. And I actually said Mikel Arteta. Yeah, and you I said, dumbass. Do, do, do you remember though? You dumbass. <laughs> um, no, I think... I he, mean, to be fair... He's a good coach. You know, he is a good coach. You need you need, you need to remember that. You know what he did with the Arsenal team. Obviously, it was a bounce, but he's he's not a stupid guy. Let's be honest. Um, he's making some silly mistakes by playing Hector Bellerin instead of Cedric Suarez. Um, that's one. And obviously, the, the strange decision of not playing Lacazette over Enketia. That's that's bogus. Well, Enketia has been his go-to for these weird and wonderful tactic revelations that he's trying to um commit to Arsenal uh to playing and you know what it is I just feel like sometimes you know if 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 let's say Arsenal got it right and some of the tactical decisions that they that uh Arteta has been making for the last I don't know five matches if if some of them come off you would say oh you know that's Arteta actually he's showing that he's getting it right and sometimes in football mm-hmm. just things don't go for you and I think that's where Arsenal's board are looking at thinking, well, we need results. And we understand we've got a manager that's, um, you know, tinkering with his team, trying to get the right things. He's seen what, what, what's working, what's not. Um, but how long can we get, how long can we have this going on for? Because Arsenal are not a team that can't afford that. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that the, the board can't afford that type of. Um, well, they can't afford that type of experiment. That's sim- simply the the truth. And to be fair, they've got 14 points. It's like, <laughs> 14 points. Yeah, like Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield. Man, yeah, well, that's Arsenal's favourite number, you know, 14. Well, the thing is, uh, Sheffield and West Brom are two two points and seven points, and I, I, uh, respectively. And I don't think, um, th- you know, I, I don't even think they're going to even... Uh, you know, get any more points, get that many more points. So Arsenal definitely have a bit, a, you know, a couple of months leeway. So if they start losing for the next couple of months, I think they still got enough of a pocket to, <laughs> to bounce back. You know, yeah, possibly. Um, mm-hmm. um, I remember obviously when when Leeds went down. Obviously, you didn't watch much of Leeds when you were younger. I did because I, I I have uncle who's a Leeds United fan. You know, he was telling me about Mark Viduka, Alan Smith. Rio Ferdinand come from West Ham. I, rem- I remember all those players. I just, I um, you know, it was just too young um, at the time to understand what what was happening. Yeah, I've got, I've got good. I've got a couple of years on you. You see, so I do well, remember a bit of it. You know, the, the thing for me when I was growing up, the worst thing you could be called was a Mackham. <laughs> yeah, that's you know true. I mean? that, I mean? that is so true. I, man. I was too caught up with uh, people in my school called me a Mackham, and I was going home crying, thinking, "Oh, I can't be a Mackham." <laughs> 
<laughs> oh wow man how the heck did something end up on this podcast i'll never know man yeah, it's the ca- only time carry on carry on um it. okay i wanted to discuss obviously the so-called downfall of arsenal football club so but obviously when arsenal wenger left he glued that football club together man like he, he changed so many it's things it's amazing we well, changed so many things he was a he was a pioneer for a lot of things like the diet stuff and how they trained and how many times they of trained. course um, compared to what the other footballers were doing at the time, and that's where and he he's he started making these signings that some of the unknowns that he did sign, you know, obviously were the you know the best signings that they could ever make, and obviously went on uh, having that invincible season. Yeah, but what I don't get is what do Arsenal Football Club need because they've they had an experienced manager, Arsenal Wenger, obviously. Um, he had to go at that time because that's what the fans wanted and they put pressure on the board. But straight afterwards, they brought a experienced manager, Unai Emery, who's I, won titles. I definitely, I think the fans are justified asking for change with Wenger because they've had enough time with Wenger, seeing where the club's going. And even after the, initially when they started bubbling up with, you know, Wenger out, all this type of stuff, mm-hmm. um, I think the board give Wenger adequate adequate time um to make you know turn things around to a point where you know the basically Wenger you know you, you just get tired of all all tricks don't you so i don't know if they're trying to do the same and I, I i don't know if it's just a financially reasonable thing i know like you know the things i was talking about when he's been thrown at it though like they've when, got good players the, the yeah they have uh, but i don't think they've thrown at the wrong the right people though yeah, I understand that, you know, but they spent money on parties, they spent money on Gabriel. Obviously, I think out of Leno and Martinez, they should have kept Martinez because he won those trophies for Arsenal. Obviously, the FA Cup so, and the so-called Community Shield. Well, out of all the players for Arsenal, Leno was playing still very, very good. Yeah, but have you seen how shit that team is right now? No, but come on, man. Let's be yeah. honest. Uh, if you're saying in terms of a business financial thing, we should have uh, they should have sold Leno for some money, and they would have got a lot of money because yeah. he, he's definitely he's, he's an established player. He, he's he, at his best. He's top five in the mm-hmm. world. Let's be honest with you. Top five. Oh, hundred percent. He's okay. He's one okay. Of the best okay. Shot let stoppers. me let me name five goalkeepers better than man like Leno who flumped up at Leverkusen uh, for goalkeeping flops. Go check out on YouTube. Um, right, Alison Becker. This is no word about it. Alison Becker's one. Edison's number two. I think De Gea's a better shot stopper than him. You've got Neuer. You've got Testegen. You've got All Black. There's six there. How can it be top five? Yeah, okay. Top ten. <laughs> top ten. Top ten. Man, you just got bodied, bro. Uh, top ten. He, he definitely be top, top ten. Top ten is he better than Dubravka, though. Let's be honest. He's a good shot stopper. He could he could be on the Dubrovka's level. Let's be honest. Well, to or be Darlo, fair, man, like Do- Darlo's doing okay. Darlo's playing class at the moment. Well, and start start showing he's doing amazing, man. Even Dean Henderson um, last year. But anyways, ro- uh, um, let's uh, move on uh, to uh, when uh, Dowd said Leno's top five. Well, okay, I've made a mistake. You know, I, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm comfortable with myself to say that I've made a mistake. I, I'm in top ten. Obviously, I'm in top ten. Um, let's say top five in the Premier League. Yeah. That's what I, I meant. I, just, I don't think he's in <laughs> top five in the Premier League. No man, if at his prime, obviously he's, it's hard because like obviously if you have if you have shitty if you yeah of course if you have a shit defense, what can you, you do? I get defense, that. And you know, it, how many times can you plug a hole in? Do you know what I mean before it leaks? Man, that's leaky FC there, man. Well, with that with the defense they've got hundred percent. Rob Holden was the uh, captain for this match. I did not get that. Explain this to me. This is one of those things I'm telling you. These are the things that Arteta is trying to do where if it worked, he would have been uh, lauded as a, oh, what a genius. This is actually him, uh, some of his tactics and what he can bring. And slowly, slowly with confidence, he'll start doing other things. And the other things that he's done so far haven't worked. Mm -hmm. And Rob Holding as a captain didn't work. And then sometimes I think about it, who else could take that position as a captain because they're all washouts. They're all, they're all shit. Yeah, but okay, you could have David Luiz as a captain. He's David a lot Luiz. more experienced. Ex- what does experience Holden. sometimes? Uh, yeah, necessarily. Okay, let's put it, uh, put the the most um, the most experienced player as a captain. Doesn't it necessarily no, no, mean... it doesn't. But wasn't Arteta looking to get Rob Holden 
out of Arsenal sending for Newcastle loan earlier this summer though. Like like why make him the captain? You could have put Lacazette on had Lacazette as the captain. You could I have had David Lu- yeah, yeah, you could have had Lu- Louise. I don't I don't you, think Louise Like whatsoever. I'll be honest with you, Maitland Niles would have made a better captain than freaking Rob Holden. Well he tries harder. Like, Ke- Kieran Turney. Kieran Turney as well, yeah. Man, he, he should be the captain of Arsenal Football Club. He yeah, he's if anything the you know, semi semi consistent player for them. Um, even Ceballos when he plays I, I generally feel like I don't know why they don't play Ceballos all the time um, it's just a weird one I, it, it's hard I, I just feel like Arsenal's a mess you know there's an agenda at Arsenal that you know obviously Edu's came in, in, in like the board of directors or whatnot. he's up there now with them yeah. and obviously he's scouting players in so he brought Martinelli in and obviously there's been which was a really good it, it, was, it was a great move you know Martinelli's a quality player I'd love him at Liverpool I'll be honest with you you yeah. know, the development he could have under Jurgen Klopp. Oh, wow, man. But what I want to discuss is, is there some sort of agenda where Eddie is trying to screw Arsenal over? With Louise <laughs> and William. I'm being serious. Conspiracy theories. No, I'm being, I'm being serious, right? You brought William over. Like, William is dog shit, let's be honest. You know, you have the odd good set piece, which will go into the net. And David Louise, another contract extension after he flopped against Man City. Do you remember that game? This is the thing. Why I, I honestly can't see David Luiz as a captain. He's not mature enough. He doesn't make mature decisions on the pitch. He, I feel like he's so emotionally unstable on the pitch. You, you see it like you I see just, a sideshow Bob in him, don't you? No, it, well, let's be honest. What, what is sideshow Bob? No, no. <laughs> I th- and I'm, what I'm trying to say is, is yeah, when you have a leader, yeah, he stays tough. He stays gritty towards hard times in the game so and basically jordan henderson where yeah i would say yeah like like yeah. jordan henderson right but louise he put he'll, his head will drop straight away and I, I sometimes i have seen him where he spurs on in the match and he tries something but it doesn't work mm-hmm. and that for me those two things where yeah okay if you tried if you tried and it spurred on it actually worked and you knew how how to turn things around i would say yeah david louise is class but he's not he 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 shouldn't be the captain for Arsenal for hundred percent. So, right, if you were an Arsenal fan, thank God you're not, and thank God I'm not an Arsenal fan. Um, what would you want the board to do? Would they sack Arteta? It's hard. I'm I'm not one of those types of um, fans, or even a f- football. I don't, I don't know, like a football fan in general, to say we should sack a manager. Um, it's hard because January's coming around. Do they want to put a manager in now where they've got enough time to assess the squad and then actually have transfer targets mm-hmm. set up um, for for them to sign in January? Or do you want to take the risk and carry on Arteta and sign the players that he wants um, for the team? And I think that's where the board have to make the t- decision I, I just think if I was the if I was the board, but remember we're, we're this, talking about Stan Kroenke here. This this season's a write off. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I, let, let's not be let's not be uh, silly here. The they'll the their aim now is to try and get seventh or top ten. Yeah. If that's possible. It is possible. It is possible. But look look, it, any team can go down. Liverpool can go down. Manchester United could go down. Oh we've seen God. it. We've seen it with Leeds. We've seen it with Nottingham. We've seen it with Aston Villa. We've seen it with oh. Newcastle. Okay, let's be right. realistic. Like if I had to, it, like, okay, when you think about it as a business person, man. Think about the man. I got a business degree. I, I know a business person. Think about sake, statistical man. wise. Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Are you saying that Liverpool are probably gonna go down? Hell no, 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 no. North. But at, at yeah. the point under Roy Hodgson. There was talk about oh Liverpool can get relegated. Yes, yeah, so there, there were points then. That's I'm, what I'm saying. I'm saying this season, this season, yeah. Their realistic target is try and get seventh place or even top top half of the table. So for 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 the board, they they they, they would have accepted that by now, hundred percent. There's no, uh, they must be absolutely absolute idiots if they if they don't if they, they are idiots. They are actual idiots. It, well. You know, let, let, let's 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 get over this. Man, why am I getting emotional over Arsenal Football Club? What the heck? So what they need to do is basically trying to make that decision: Do we stick with Arteta and sign the players that he wants to sign, or do we get a new manager in now? Yeah, and see yeah. what he wants in terms of transfer targets and go with his philosophy and with his project 
it's going to be either team it's either going to be project new manager or project Arteta continues right okay so are you, if you're an Arsenal fan this is what I asked are you Arteta in or Arteta out if you're an Arsenal fan so if I was if I was the board now no as an Arsenal fan what would you want that's what I'm trying to say not the board what would I want I would I would I'd want to see Arteta stay in and then for the club to suffer more to realise <laughs> No because Yeah, I, I, know, I, I think was, I know where you come from. I was at the stage with United I was at a point where like fuck me, like the board are so oblivious. Fucking Ed Woodward doesn't understand he needs a fucking director of football to get some of these signings over the line to actually get us up to that just push us up to that level. That we we think that sometimes we are at, and for Arsenal, I just think that they're overinflated heads. That they think that they're a top six team with the way that current playing now, mm-hmm. they're not, and the board probably thinks that. So they need a bit of a reminder, and they just need Arteta in. If it works, it works perfect. I, I, I'm happy for Arteta. I think he's a he's a good guy. He's learned he's learned a lot of, a lot of good stuff. Generally, uh, the way he wants to play football is something that I actually want to see Arsenal play football mm. just for just English football. But if I wanted to actually say what I'd be, I'd say Arteta in just to just to see if it's going to burn. Yeah. And if it does burn, there's going to be a lot of changes. If I was an Arsenal fan, and I think the changes hopefully will be a change in in the right direction. But that's the thing you can just hope, can't you? So um, it's a, it's a, it's I, a fun I agree one. with that. Surprisingly, um, like. Liverpool were in his position. I'd say, I wouldn't say Manchester United are the new Liverpool. I'd say Arsenal's the new Liverpool. They win your trophies, but they're not what they were before. You know, what were Arsenal Football Club? It just they were known as the Invincibles. Yeah, it patches over. Um, you know, mm-hmm. but I wanted to also make a statement and obviously ask you this: mm-hmm. If Arsenal did get relegated or stay in this so-called form, would the board sell? You know, the, well, they want to make money, so possibly a pre-corona uh, time. Um, yeah, uh, I would say there'll be plenty of suitors. Are you are you telling me that nobody wants that massive stadium in the heart of London? One hundred percent. I don't think they'll ever sell. We'll only sell if it gets really, really shit. That's what I'm saying. So if Arsenal get worse, they could sell. Yeah, uh, and I think that'll work more in benefit for the Arsenal team. Talk about selling. Um, we'll be moving on to the next segment, which will be talking about signings in the January transfer market. So we'll be going through the bottom fi- bottom five, including Arsenal, obviously, because Arsenal are really so bottom six, bo- let's be bottom honest. Six, yeah. yeah. Right, do you want to go first with your player for Sheffield United? Do you want to start off with 20? Yeah, Sheffield United, go for it. So yeah, Sheffield United. Um, so with Sheffield United, it's, they were playing so, like really good football last season. And I... I love the way that they used to play football. It was a lot of the triangle stuff that we've talked about before, um, how Pep tries to integrate his attacking work rate alongside uh, moving the ball up the pitch as as much as they can. And I just feel like this year they're missing a spark um, and some pace. And for me, I I was was torn between Damari Gray or Balassi. And I... And I feel like because Damari Gray is not getting enough game time for Leicester, most likely Damari Gray on on a on a loan. But I feel like Damari Gray he'll probably look at Sheffield United uh, picture and be like, well, if they go down and I was playing for them, this looks bad on me. So I I think Yannick Balassi is the most the the target they the most likely gonna sign. Um, if you they were well, if I was. <laughs> if I was a Sheffield United manager, I'd be just to, just to bring in the pace and the creativity mm-hmm. and the wings. Well, the player which I went for surprisingly, obviously, uh, made Arsenal Football Club his own dancing ground. Jay Lings, Jesse Lingard, and um, <laughs> obviously he ha- he hasn't been playing much, and no. he'll need some sort of game time, regardless if Sheffield get relegated or not. He's gonna need game time. He'll he'll want to play football. Obviously, Sheffield's not that far from Manchester, so it might suit him. Yeah, yeah, never thought about it like that, yeah. You know, um, that's why Jaylen, that can happen. That's if, obviously, Jesse Lingard doesn't think Sheffield are a small club. Yeah. 
I mean, he's played he's played with championship before though. I well, I don't know if it's going to get to his head. Do you know what I mean? He, yeah. He's got you know looking at his status on you know on social media. Yeah, I could see that. I could see where you're coming from <laughs> with that. Right. Let's get to West Brom number nineteen. West Brom, go on, you go first. Well, there could be different options. You've mentioned a few options as well, but I went with Di Valcarigi. Um, what Big Sam did last time when he was in charge of Crystal Palace, he brought an experienced Liverpool player in, which didn't play much with Sacco. He brought him on loan to solidify the Palace defence because that's what they needed at the time. Right now, West Brom need goals. So, Divock Origi is the per- perfect signing for them, really, let's be honest. He obviously isn't your quality striker, but he's decent for a backup and I think he's good enough for West Brom to get... Seven eight goals out out of the second half of the season. Yeah. Um so for me, I'm thinking along the same lines of a tall, strong centre forward to try and bring in more of the goals. Um and I know you know, you know Big Sam. He loves a big tall centre strong forward. Big Sam also likes his food. Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um I mean, don't get us wrong, um, They've got a few uh, good players. I mean, the, I say a few good players. I, I just I'm trying to think of players that, seeing how Big Sam um, has had his teams play in the past, and yeah. what they would try to get out of him. And for me, I I'm thinking Andy Carroll. He would he might want to re- reunite himself with Andy Carroll and he. Oh yeah, they both they were both at West Ham. I totally forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and he 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 played well under Big Sam. Obviously, bar mm-hmm. the injuries, um, and he's not getting that much game time at Newcastle. Uh, but I don't know if Andy Carroll is a bit too uh, settled here. My my other one was Czech Tossin. I think that's a realistic option because he went on loan at Palace last season, didn't he? So yeah, um, that's a quality shout though. So I I think it's Czech Czech Tossin because of what he can bring in terms of heading, um, his prowess. Well, his his physicality in the in the box. Um, but I don't know if I don't know. I I, I think Cheng Cheng Tosin would be the the person that they want to uh, get him on loan. Yeah, it's, it's a really good shout. Like I said, um, let's go to uh, number eighteen Fulham. You gonna go ahead because I went last time. Yeah, Fulham. I think they need to sign Emmy Bendria when mm-hmm. here uh, from Norwich. Right. Um, that guy is way too good for the Championship. Honestly, he was class when he was in the Premier League as well. Yeah, he was. They need they need the creativity. They need to get the best out of Mitrovic if they think that they're going to survive in this Premier League mm-hmm. because they're not. If it's Scott Parker, I mean, I, I I like the I like the guy a lot and I liked him when he was a player. He, he was a class <laughs> player, uh, played with his heart in his in in his um in his mouth. But uh, he he needs to find more creativity. And it's it's a funny one because on paper when Fulham signed half their players, they look like proper good signings. Yeah, they just haven't performed. I mean, Buendia has performed in English football. Yeah, he, he 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 will link up with Mitrovic very very well. See, I'm going on a different line here because I think Fulham are all right going forward. Obviously, they got a draw at Liverpool. They got a draw with Newcastle. So obviously, for them, that that's that's good for Fulham. They're not getting the best out of yeah. Mitrovic, though. I know Bobby Reid scored four goals. Adamola Luckman scored two. He could have Adam had more, though. Let's be honest. Yeah, Luckman could have had a lot more goals <laughs> if he didn't fuck up penalties. Yeah, but but Mitrovic is where it's at. He is when when he has a good season. Yeah, he'll, basically he'll, it's he'll like Mitro's on fire. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah, right. Um. What I'm going with is Solity at the back, so bring Shane Duffy from Celtic on loan. Um, he was quality when he played for Brighton, went to Celtic, the so-called champions of Scotland. Um, it's not going well for him. Um, bring him back on six-month loan, bring some confidence back, bring a Solity to Fulham's defence. That's what I'm thinking because I think they do have the creativity going forward, but they just it just needs a click. One game can just make it all click and that's it. You know, with a defence, you need organisation, you need stability. You know, if... If you want to stay in the Premier League, you need clean sheets. You yeah. Need, you need points. You know, um, you could you could go gun ho and whip, like lose games like Leeds do with Manchester United, or you could solidify defence and get points. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're moving on to Brighton, seventeenth uh, in position. Right. Um, the player which I went for is 
Daniel James. Yeah, good shout. Um, but do you not think Daniel James? I mean, they've signed Adam Lalana. Do you not think that's kind of what they he, wanted nah, him to do, Daniel James? I I see you got a Lalana on the free because he he was there to get. Yeah. But Lalana hasn't really performed. He's he's been hard working in the midfield, yeah, yeah, he and he's he's done his fair share of work. But to creatively going forward, it's going getting those goals and assists. I think Daniel James could add that quality. You know, you seen you seen how he was on the weekend, like I said, with the Leeds United and Manchester United game. Uh, actually, I wanted to quickly mention this. Um, did Ole Gunnar Solskjaer play Daniel James because Leeds United want him? So there's a bit of a psychological thing going there. Well, the commentators kept mentioning it, didn't they? Yeah, he was so close, literally so close to get over the line, yet he didn't. He didn't sign for them. Man, that's that's naughty by Solskjaer. I like that. I respect it. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's hard to say. It's a lot of speculation. But yeah, I think I think more of a tactical approach uh, for for me. Right. Yeah. Getting getting back to the transfer target, I think Daniel James could bring a different dimension to Brighton. Mm-hmm. So with Graham Park, who's a great attacking football coach, I think that's where he needs to exploit his strengths. Yeah, well, I put Renato Sanchez because they need to do a Swansea. Uh, <laughs> they need to do a Swansea and get him on loan um, because he's playing. He's playing slightly better than he did when when obviously he was at Swansea. He didn't play great at all, but um, from what I've seen him and how he can play, I just feel like he's the only person that they need to because the way Graham Potter has had Brighton play sometimes. Honestly, they they played really good football. I I just feel like um, Renato Sanchez just fits. Um, the type of guy that he needs, um, just um, you box to box midfielder bringing a different dimension uh, to the game. Yeah, box to box, like he's he's got he's got his attacking uh, side, but then he's really good at defending and you know spreading the play around. Well, well he he can be. <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, I think Graham Potter will have to try and get it out of him. He's, he's he's playing all right at the moment, but yeah, they need to do a Swansea and get him on loan. Right, go on, uh, Burnley. Number 16? Um, I thought Daniel James for Burnley, you know. Really? Yeah, because Bur- the way Burnley play is very compact. Mm-hmm. Compact football. Um, and, I mean, I think they, if 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 any um, club wants to use their tall, strong uh, strikers, it's yeah. Burnley. And they do of that with, with Chris Wood. And I just feel like they need to add a little bit of something else to it and they need the pace of Daniel mm-hmm. James just to open it up a bit more. Right. The player I actually went for is David Brooks from Brighton. Um, oh, I, yeah. I, I, I can't see Daniel James in a Burnley kit. Mm-hmm. You know, going from Manchester United to Burnley, you know, that's, that's a bit of a downgrade. But going to Brighton, there's, there's like a bit of a project there. There's, there's something going on there. You could see it at Brighton. But at Burnley, it's just stay in the league still football yeah, yeah. you know it's, it's Sean Dyche FC you know he likes to play he likes to play his two like his two blocks of fours have his centre forwards and that's it and I think David Brooks on the left or right can obviously whip some crosses in Chris yeah. Wood could head them on that's that's where I went for it but for a bonus one um, obviously we mentioned Arsenal Football Club because obviously the dog shit I feel like we need to talk about them they are 15th in the league um, and they're, you know, six positions away from the bottom. And, you know, it's a hard one, obviously, because they need to sign loads of players. But if they were to sign one player, who would you want them to sign? Right. I think this is ambitious. I don't think it's going to happen. But I was like, you know what? Arsenal need creativity. I can't sign them. I can't sa- see them signing Hussein Mawar. So, well, Philip, no Philip Coutinho on loan. That's what I said. But isn't he getting a lot of game time at Bar- Barcelona anyways? Yeah, but so why would he but relegate himself? But it's not it's not him relegating himself. Maybe he's Barcelona needs needs to sell him. Obviously, they they're in a financial yeah. crisis. Yeah, that's the way I'm seeing it. But will, you know, would Arsenal ever pay what? The, he's definitely worth a hundred mil. Yeah, there's no shout, no no doubt about that. But I'm seeing a loan to the end of the season because you see what he did with Bayern Munich. You know, he turned he did Barcelona inside out. His own parent club. Yeah, but I don't think. Uh, you yeah. know, you, I mean, you look at where, where Arsenal are. Yeah. Liverpool were, were that five years ago. Five, five, six years ago, Liverpool were that. Not 14th. Not, not 14th, but the, yeah. But Coutinho was the main 
the main player in Outlet Liverpool. For them yeah, for a while, he yeah. was. So that's what they're missing. Obviously, um, for whatever reasons, Arsenal don't want to play Mesut Ozil, and they need creativity. And Arteta was looking for Hussein Mawa, but he's mm. not getting him. So it looks like Coutinho is the next best option if he wants a creative player. Yeah. Well, mine wasn't as as ambi- um, ambitious as yours, and I was it was a bit more level headed in terms of who's available and who they could realistically get, mm-hmm. um, and pay their wages. That's another thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, is Ericsson, Christian Ericsson? Yeah, because he he's hardly playing at, in at Milan. He's playing absolutely dog shite there, um, and he probably wants to come back to a league where he's actually been playing decently. Um, yeah, but do you not think Ericsson feel a bit embarrassed? You know, he went in Milan, he's not getting no game time. He left a North London club like Tottenham. Now he's come back to Arsenal. Isn't this got a bit of the Saul Campbell thing? I like, I like the move. It's a bit juicy. You know, I could, I could see that the Sun writing some weird shit in the tab- tabloids. I don't buy the Sun people. I, I just don't feel like Ericsson's that type of player that gives a shit about any of that. Yeah, but he just it, wants to the, Brit- the so-called British media will actually focus on that so much. The North London derby, just imagine it. Or oh, the build-up for Christian Eriksen. You know, every tabloid's gonna have that on the back pages. Easy. Could could do. I just, I, I honestly, I, I don't even think he's that much of a high-profile signing for them. Um, I, I do, just, I do see why there is I, a decline. I just, I, there is a decline, but mm-hmm. I just think he's, he's, um, he's. To he's 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 you know he's he's aged a bit. He's coming in as a as just a prime backup. But I don't know if the um it, it's just to help the youngsters at the same time. He he's a level-headed person in terms of how he plays. He adds a lot of creativity and he's proven in the Premier League. And that's personally for me that's what I I'd rather want for Arsenal if right. I was an Arsenal mm-hmm. fan. Okay, I, I get that. If well, no, I'll never will be. <laughs> Okay, and um, that's a wrap. Uh, Dow, do you just want to go off with obviously the social media platforms and just let everyone know where they can follow us and listen to our podcast? Yeah, so as is usual, um, we've got our YouTube channel, The Dressing Room, um, and on all uh, major uh, streaming uh, apps and software Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. We're on as a 343 football podcast. So find us there. You can always visit our website, thedressingroom.football and follow us on our social medias as well. We've got um, The Dressing Room 9. We've got TD Room 9. Um, and we've got, obviously, the Facebook group. Um, yeah. Um, just before we do the head off, um, I do want to give out to a shout out to Tactical Manager TV. He actually got Alan Smith on the show. Yeah, no. So no, give a shout out to him. Uh, guys, go follow Tactical Manager TV. I, I would definitely go follow him. He, he's got a lot of good content. So yeah. yeah that, thanks that's guys. a wrap. Thank you. Bye bye now. Cheers.